Hello. Hello. And welcome to another episode of Socializing with Sisters. My name's Rochelle. And I'm Brianna. And today's topic uh, is going to be one that I was actually talking with a colleague of mine at work about, which is toxic Christianity. Now, when I say toxic Christianity, I'm talking about those people that are like fake Christians, you know? It's kind of like, you mean like the people that uh, they talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk? (laughs) Yes, exactly, exactly. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. I, I had a conversation earlier today with her mom about <laughs> some people that were doing that. And, um, and then I had a conversation with my colleague and both times I did not bring this subject up. It was brought up by them. And I was like, maybe it's something to talk about today. So, um, but yeah, it's just, I guess the, the first thing, you know, is, the one that I was talking to mom about is like people that in their email signature, you know, or have a bumper sticker on their car or, you know, like somewhere public facing says, you know, I'm a Christian, like a bumper sticker. That's the fish or, you know, a tagline on their email uh, signature that says, you know, a, a verse from the Bible or, you know, any number of things or like they, they say God bless at the end of each of their emails. But when you actually talk to that person on the phone or in person, that they are, they don't, they don't live that way. That that's just like their facade that they use because when you talk to them and interact with them in real life, they are far from that kind of person. Yeah, no, I, I feel like there's just so many of those people that uh, use like kind of use religion in a way to like claim to be a nice person or to be a good person or like but they they don't have any like follow through as far as like actually like following what the bible says (laughs) yeah like the other thing that bothers me because i will say you know i consider myself to be a very lackluster Christian like I try and live for God but I don't try and live for God's people um (laughs) (laughs) you know I'm not I'm not gonna be out there hustling with somebody else you know trying to you know get my atta girls in there for being such a on fire for God person like I don't care about any of that I feel like that that's my relationship between me and God I do the things that I do because of him and only for him and for myself because I'm a little selfish there too. Um, but other than that, like it's not for other people. I mean, and, at least you're, at least you're not pretending to, to be one of those people and then not actually being one of those people. I would rather see authenticity than to uh, see fakeness. Yeah. And so that's why a lot of times for me, like I have a really hard time with people that, that are, you know, acting like they're on fire for God, because most of the people that I know that do that, it's fake, that it's not real. And that's just what you want them to believe, because in their home life, it's not like that. And when you're on one on one with them, when nobody else is looking, it's not like that. 
Yeah. And like, I get that everybody goes through tough times, but like, there's, there's a huge difference between somebody going through a tough time and then somebody just being like, kind of like, I don't know if a poser is the right word. Yeah. Like kind of a poser. Cause like, you're not actually super fake. Like, yeah, yeah. You're kind of fake. Like, I, I don't know. Poser is such an old word. Like people don't even use that word. I know they don't. <laughs> I think, wait, am I dating myself? How old do I sound right now? Older than you are. That's that's about how old it makes you sound. Oh my god. But yeah, no, seriously, like it's funny because in my personal life, I think people are surprised when they find out that I'm a Christian. Yeah, which is how I think it should be. Like, I don't think that it should be one of those things that because I personally, I don't wear it on my sleeve. It's one of those things that I keep close to my heart that I don't let other people know that about myself because I feel like you know, that's my personal stance on things. And, you know, it's, it's not something to be shared unless, you know, for some reason somebody asks you about it and then I'll tell you because I don't mind sharing that information. It's not, not hiding it from anybody. It's just something that I, I'm not going to volunteer that information. Uh, except for now, I'm obviously volunteering it. Um, Same as well. Yeah. I, I think that, I like what you said, like, like, it's not, it's not something people need to know. And the other thing is, is that I find that I keep it to myself more now, like probably, well, now because I'm older and I'm wiser, but like when I, when I was younger, it wasn't like, you know, when you're a kid, like, obviously, you know, you, you believe what you're told basically. And so like, for me, I don't share it now as an adult because I realized that one, people don't want to hear it. Yeah. And two, not everybody believes in God or the Bible or or the things that I do. And, uh, you know, it's not, I don't feel like it's placed upon me to change other people's minds. I'm not trying to change your minds. If you want to know, you know, personal stuff about me, that's fine. Like, I'll I'll let you know and I'll be honest about it. But like, I'm not, I'm not trying to convert people. Like, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not a... I don't feel like it's called upon me to like be a missionary. Those are the people that are supposed to go and like speak God's word and share it with people. And like, I guess in a way I'm doing that right now, but it's your choice to be here and to listen to us. So like, you know, if you yeah, don't like that's it, true. if you, you don't like it, it <laughs> turn it off. Like the, the, the tag was the warning on the, on, you know, on the title here. So <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. The other thing that like, you know, circling back to the toxic side of things, um not to talk about the toxic side but to talk about it um is the thing that really irks me is those people that are like oh I'm such a good Christian but they're the first to judge other people you know and honestly I I feel like that's just in the nature of humans to judge other humans like and and judge what you think is not normal it's 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 really a second reflex to stop yourself to do that. But to me, it's like, if you were a true godly person, you would have that ability to be like, well, it says in God's word that I'm not to judge others and it's his place to do that. So I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, Yeah, I, I agree. I think that there's a lot of judging that, so and that's it, it, my judgment, though, on them. 
Is that they're judgy people? Well, you said they're judgy people. <laughs> for me, what I don't like and why I don't go to church anymore, which I guess you could claim that I'm not a very good Christian since I don't go to church. But the reason I don't go to church anymore is because of the the clickiness and the yes. the the thinking that you're better than other people just because you go to the church more, or you do more things, or you, you know, like. More. Yeah, you're, or you you donate more at the church. Like, it's God's house. Like, you know, like, you're deterring people from getting to know God because of your attitude. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, like, it has that. nothing to do with God. It's you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's why I don't attend church. And I wanted to go back, but I just, I have this underlying fear and anxiety that if I go back, I'm just going to encounter more of the same of why I left. Yeah, I think that's a rational fear. I think that you'll never know unless you try to go. But like it is, it's hard to find this where, you know, people actually walk on all walks of life, which is, you know, like, I mean, it, it's really hard to find anywhere, really. I mean, I, th- I would say the one yeah. place that actually welcomes all walks of life uh, the best I would say is AA. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, <laughs> I, I don't disagree with you. Alcoholics Anonymous, they welcome all people from all walks of life and they are non-judgmental about it. Same with like, what is it? Uh, is it, what's the one for like narcotics, narcotics anonymous and NA? NA? I think maybe that it's NA and then, um, What's the other one? Sex okay. addicts. They won't judge you, but they'll hold you accountable for your for your BS. That's for sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They'll hold you accountable for your slip ups and for those moments of weakness. But like, um, the, the, it ain't judging you. They've done some stuff like, you know, they yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, they'll even tell you like, you know, I've slipped up too, you know, in that moment where they're <laughs> holding you accountable. Like <laughs> this is this is coming from a person that's never been to an AA meeting in their life. I just know a lot of people where AAs help them. <laughs> I, I've never been to an AA meeting myself, but I have, I do know several people that have gone to AA meetings um and I've watched a lot of documentaries as well so maybe I'm taking from a different angle from that as well but I mean it seems they seem like very open places but well, and then then our uncle he he was uh he swore by a uncle Sandy he swore by it oh yeah he did go to a oh yeah he was huge part of AA and a sponsor afterwards and yeah so we have an uncle that that went through the program and swore by it, and then uh, my husband's best friend, yeah, it it definitely changed his life, and he he goes to AA meetings still, and yeah, it's it's no joke. Like some people need that accountability, but like yeah, no judgment. Like you would think the church would be a a place where you could go do that, but you know it's hard to find a church that doesn't have some sort of clickiness to it, where there's a hierarchy, where you know people look down on you for you know maybe. Like, like, I would say the last church that I went to, which was the one we grew up in, was, uh, you know, it was like if you didn't have the right clothes or if you didn't go to church on Wednesdays as well as Sundays or, you, yeah. you know, it's just like, I mean, who has time? It's a freaking Wednesday. Like, good Lord. Like, you know, even God told me I only had to go on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Or like, you know, your your parents weren't, you know, they didn't volunteer as much in different events and 
you know, all of that. Yeah, that that's that's the reason why I really have a hard time with church nowadays is because of that experience. Um, It really showed to me how clicky things were when the pastor at the time was basically pushed out of the church and had to sign uh, documentation saying that he wouldn't be a pastor of a church for like 20 years after he left uh, because of some political differences that they had. He had Uh, said some things that some people in the church didn't like, and I don't under, I understand why they didn't like them, but at the same time, like to go to that extreme, I don't know whether uh, or not that that was called for. I, I would have to say that you bring up a huge point of, uh, what I think is toxic in, uh, Christianity right now, which is, uh, the integration with politics, like, uh, p- pastors talking about what's happening in government versus just preaching god's word and separating the two and uh you know like like i don't know if you've seen some of these uh uh preachers that even talk about QAnon or like like they at their churches and at their their uh services that's crazy talk see that's what i'm saying (laughs) like there are there are people that hijack what you know the the christian name for their own for their own gain really yeah well like those the uh mega churches that they that you could find in like you know areas like los angeles or sacramento or phoenix places like that where these these churches are so big that their pastors are so rich that they have private jets that they travel all over the world to give you know different ministries like and i think that that's a little on the disgusting side that that is pretty messed up so i don't i don't think all mega churches are bad there's there's like i think there's one it was in garden grove down here and uh um they actually provide a, a service on tv and i don't i don't know i don't think their pastors are man i'd really have to get into that and look and see if they were doing some shady stuff but i, I don't know i think it's good to have a to be able to have an online and a TV audience and to be able to spread the word. I think that's, I think there's a good thing to that, to having that much money to be able to afford like a, some TV time and to, you know, because for those, you know, that, that don't go to church like myself, like I do watch uh church on TV. Yeah. Um, but I'm seeing like, you know, I'm talking about these people. You're talking about that one guy that like stole a bunch of money and was like, yeah, "Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I I wish I could remember that guy's name. He like embezzled a bunch of money and he wrote books and did all kinds of things. I bet you I'm going to Google it. (laughs) I am going to Google it. Pastor. Yeah. Heck yes. I'm Googling it. I got to, I got to remember this guy's name. (laughs) I know. And it's that, that, that kind of behavior is also to me just like super toxic. And just because people, instead of worshiping God, people start worshiping their pastors and their parishioners and things like that. And so it gets, the line gets blurred as to who is actually the person that you're there for. And to me that that's, that's also messed up. Yeah. I, I think it's like, I guess it would go along the lines of gluttony in a way, like just like you don't yeah, need all that. Like, like why do you? Gluttonous. Like, why do you? Why do you need that? 
you know like why do you need a private jet you could fly commercial like you know it's not like you're yeah. famous and people are gonna like even famous people fly commercial like yeah even our dad he saw like sarah jessica parker normal person on a regular plane <laughs> yeah like you know you don't need your own private jet like Mm-mm. yeah i just like yeah i don't get that the miniature pastor i think i found what you're talking about um, if you say his name, I might remember. Uh, Kenneth Copeland? Yeah, the Copelands. Jesse Duplantis? Duplantis? I remember the Copeland. Okay, well, yeah, the, the show caught up with Copeland. Uh, yeah, he was a preacher. And uh, he wanted his congregation to pay for his new $54 million jet. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Dude, <laughs> why? Are you kidding me? I know, right? So, but it's yeah, it's... Dude, you know how many freaking people you could help with $54 million? It's so oh, crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he could have helped. He could have used that money to to help a lot of people or to start, like, some sort of counseling organization or you know a you know all all kinds of different ways that that money could have been distributed distributed like to help get people out of you know these countries that are you know dealing with issues of communism and and things like that like you could have done so much other things without money but he wants to buy a jet like oh you know no no, he says his jet lets him spread the gospel to as many as people as possible and that God wants him to have the best plane, but it seems like he mostly uses it for personal travel. He went to Hawaii 16 times in 2006. Oh my God. That's so disgusting. Yeah. Okay. That's toxic. That's disgusting. Um, dude. Yeah. No, that's messed up. Yeah. You could help a million people in like other countries. You could build, tr- how many churches could you build with that? Jeez. I know, right? Hey, like, come on. You know you can buy a used plane, right? Like, <laughs> you know, used planes aren't that much. Like, you could easily have just bought a used plane. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible to me that some of the things that ha- transpire. Like, not to say that Christianity is bad. It definitely has its good sides. But I feel like not enough people talk about the the toxic side we need to change those things about christianity too so i don't i don't i don't think that it's christianity that that's toxic i think it's the people in that claim christianity that are toxic it's just people being toxic and hijacking movements kind of like you know a lot of people do with black lives matter and all these other things like they hijack these movements for their own purpose and then Everything that was the beginning of, you know, what we all thought we were trying to do for this movement is totally gone because these people ruined it, basically. So, like, like people like that are ruining Christianity and what it stands for. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Toxic people. Well, and, like, honestly, I hate to bring in this book because we're going to we're going to talk about this book in the future as soon as Rochelle reads it and I'm finished reading it. Uh, I'm reading a book by Michael Schellenberger and it's called San Francisco. It just came out. Um, but it talks about how, um, you know, the, the homeless crisis, because 
you have so many different people with so many different strategies on the way they think that they can fix it. And the ACLU thinking that they can, that, that their way is the right way. And it, it's just terrible the way that we haven't addressed like real issues because of, oh, well, we don't want to hurt their feelings or, you know, or, you know, you know, this is how we want it done because this helps our cause the most, or this will help this. It's just, you know, you're, you're not getting anything done because your rhetoric is getting in the way of you actually doing stuff. Yeah. Like it, it counts your actions count. And if all you're doing is sitting around talking, then you're not actually doing a dang thing to help anyone in any way whatsoever. And that's, that's one of the other things that drives me crazy that I see a lot of times is people just saying that these are the things that we should do and not trying to actually do them. Like you and I continue to educate ourselves on different issues so that we can be more knowledgeable and spread the information to the other people that we know and love. And, you know, hopefully something good will come out of it. But, you know, it's mainly for us to at least just be knowledgeable about that subject or area or expertise and maybe it'll light the fire in us and we'll decide that we need to like drop everything in our life and like go help this cause or whatever but um it's I think that a lot of people nowadays are just kind of like especially because of COVID everybody's in their own little bubble nobody has an idea about what's going on in any other part of the country not really like yeah the news tells you so much but like it's garbage most of the time. It's not just that. People are too damn lazy to get their own information and go out there and actually research it. And sure. the reason I know that is because that's me. Um, You're and too so damn lazy. <laughs> I am. Like, I hate researching what people TV like. Like, I could give a shit. Like, I mean, uh, I didn't mean to cuss there, but you know, whatever. It's anyway, okay. it doesn't matter. <laughs> Not like we're monetized anyway, but yeah, no, it's just like, like I could care. Like, I don't want to, like, I know I'm reading this book, but I enjoy reading. That's, that's a passion of mine. I, I enjoy reading books. Um, and I, I think reading books is actually probably the best way to get like real information. And the reason is because in order to get something published in a book, you have to research it. The publishers have to approve it. You have to have all your references. It the work is done for you. <laughs> like yeah. you you don't have to go read a bunch of internet websites. You don't have to go, you know, oh, well, this guy said this on YouTube. Well, NBC said this. Like, you know, they're both probably wrong. Go pick up a book. I bet you you could read one book and your mind would be decided way easier than oh, if, yeah. you know, you watch like a million videos. It's because we're interested in this these short clips of information, everybody wants everything instantaneously so that they don't have to do any of the hard work of actually doing the research. But the shortened version is not always correct. You have to take it from the first source. Like you need direct sources it's, to it, be able it's, to actually get the correct information. It's not even that. First source. I mean, I know first source, first-hand sources are good, but like until you have years to process the information, Sometimes firsthand knowledge, like, or no, it's not firsthand knowledge, uh, the first instantaneous knowledge, like it's like following a news story on TV. You 
mm-hmm. the first blurb and it's never what it actually is. And then you see the second story and you're like, okay, things are getting a little more clear. Then you see the third story and you're like, okay, things are getting a little more clear. And then you don't really have a lot of clarity. And then they never talk about that story again. But that's not how things used to be with news. They used to hold back stories and wait until they knew enough information to be able to tell the public. And now it's it's more like it's, it's instant can, gratification because well, who, people who can get it out there first, who can be the first one to tell everybody what's yeah. going on. But 90 percent of the time, it's incorrect. <laughs> yeah, it's all. You know what? We should do a second. I think we should do a separate segment um, on the on researching news. And yeah, honestly, I, I just recommend books like books are they, they have to do all the research for you. Yeah. Um, it's so much easier. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think that I don't enjoy like working with or or being around people that pretend to be one thing like like a Christian, they, you, you pretend to be this good person. Oh, God bless. They say it all the time. And but but if they could, as soon as they have the chance, they screw you over. Oh, yeah. Take credit for something that you did. Yeah, Something like that. Or like, you know, in in our parents case, like, you know, they don't pay their bills. They claim to be a Christian. Oh, yeah. You know, blah, 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 blah. You know, they love the work that you did on, you know, and then and then, you know, they don't pay their bill. Yeah. And it's just like, well, I held up my end of the bargain. How Christian are you if you, you don't you're not interested in paying your bills? Yeah. Like I did a service for you. I didn't do it for free. We did it in the understanding, like you know, you needed to pay me in the end. And you're not gonna pay me, like yeah. What's up with that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think there's. I I think that Christian Christianity in itself isn't toxic. I think that the people that pretend to represent it are. Agreed. Um, I know that there are real people out there actually representing it. And, you know, thank you for, for doing God's work and being a good person. But, uh, you know, I don't meet a lot of those people. In fact, very few. Well. And like, you know, I'm not one of those people that is doing God's work. But the thing is, the difference between me is, you know, I don't claim to be and I won't tell you that I am. Like, I'll exactly. tell you, I try to be a Christian. I try to follow God's word. I curse. I do all these things that are totally wrong. Yeah, like I'm. But, I'm not. Pre- I'm not pretending I walk that life. I'm saying. But at the I, same time, like you know, you, I'm not the one that's judging you. They, I feel like that exactly. I feel judged. Like they'd be more accepting of somebody who went through alcohol treatment and and is now a Christian than they would be of me and my foul mouth because I decide that I like to use curse words in my regular rhetoric that I use for my language and and but that's not okay Christians shouldn't curse excuse me where does it say in the bible that Christians shouldn't curse it doesn't say it anywhere you know and these are just words that we made up you realize that that none of them were curse words until we made them curse words exactly none of them started out as curse words watch the history on how curse words were made i watched it too (laughs) i know right on netflix oh my god go watch it it's hilarious if you don't like cursing they say the f word a lot so you know just forewarning oh man i think this has been a good episode of socializing with sisters (laughs) i've enjoyed it so but i guess i guess we'll go ahead and end it here um 
Yeah, next how, week. How about we talk about uh, the uh, research and the um, better ways to get information? Yeah, yeah. I think that we should take that on. So, yeah, we'll do that next week. We'll talk about it. I'll, I'll rephrase it so that it's a little more poppy. Yeah, that sounds better because I, I just pulled that right out of my butt. <laughs> well, thank you guys again for listening again. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. This, again, has been Socializing with Sisters. You guys have a great day. Bye, everybody. Thank you.